people are strange When you're a stranger Faces look ugly When you're alone Women seem wicked When you're unwanted Streets are uneven When you're down When you're strange Faces come out of the rain When you're strange No one remembers your name When you're strange When you're strange When you're strange Alright, yeah I want to introduce the host of Strange Darkness Radio, Bobby Washington and Tony Carr. Yes, we are back for another night of Strange Darkness Radio. What's going on, yeah, Tony? Man. Oh, man, I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing tonight? How was your uh, Halloween? Oh, man, it was good. It was, uh, you know, spooky night. Uh, you know, a lot of little trick-or-treaters coming through. Man, uh, of so, yeah, that was, that, you know, good times. Good times. Always always good. I, that's my favorite holiday, bro. It's Halloween. Halloween and Christmas is more like my favorite holidays. Oh, okay. So when Halloween Dang, that's comes like in, light my whole house is decorated. And dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. The whole house is decorated. I got uh lights. I got all types of stuff in this house when it comes to Halloween. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. That's that's cool. That's what's up. Okay, well, again, we want to thank you guys for listening to Strange Darkness Radio. Um, from all around the world, man, just looking at uh, the listeners that, you know, keep coming. Uh, we appreciate it. And thank you for listening to the show. Uh, it's, you know, seeing those numbers and seeing those downloads are amazing. Um, you know, so uh, thanks for that. And uh, in saying all that, we want to say, you know, tell a loved one, tell a friend about the show. We want you guys to, you know, come on and tell your story. Um, you can do that by giving us a call at 916-741-3032. Uh, and also, you can hit us up on strangedarknessradio at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at sdradio and also Instagram, strangedarkness underscore radio. And also, if you guys aren't comfortable with calling in right now at the moment, and always hit, hit us up on Instagram or Facebook. Message us a story that you guys want us to tell. And uh, that that will spook us out our socks. So <laughs> I heard uh, that. If you want to, that's if you guys want to message us. We go both ways. Yes, exactly. You can go ahead and give us a call or also that. But you can also reach us on our Facebook fan page. And uh, definitely we want you guys to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, or any podcast hosting portals. All right, so tonight for you guys, we're going to get into some paranormal news. We have uh, two very intriguing stories uh, that we're going to go a little in-depth on. We have audio from different shows, um, from uh, show uh, UFO uh, Witness uh, with Ben Hansen. We're talking about uh, Laura Eisenhower and uh, how she was groomed, if not almost abducted, uh, to go to Mars. So we'll get into that. We'll get into also Admiral Byrd about, uh, you know, the Antarctica, about how and why we can't go to Antarctica. No one can. How every country has a treaty um, about Antarctica that no one can go to. So we will definitely get into all those. But also, we have a very intriguing story from a guest that came on. And unfortunately, Tony wasn't available 
uh, for this interview that I did with him. This is a, a guy, uh, his name is Michael Potts. He passed away three times. And in one of those events, he actually went to hell and he tells his story. So we'll get into that and all the strangeness that happens right after these messages. Welcome back to Strange Darkness Radio. All right, let's get into it. It's time for Paranormal News. There's a widespread rumor in ufology circles that I've always been curious about. It's believed that President Dwight D. Eisenhower signed a peace treaty with an alien race in 1954 that might have allowed for human abductions. I mean, if this is true, it would be an explosive revelation. So I'm going to continue my investigation by speaking with Laura Eisenhower, President Eisenhower's great-granddaughter. Hi there. Hey, Laura, how's it going? Pretty good, how are you? Good, good. Hey, thank you for meeting with me. I've heard a lot about some some rumors that I'm hoping you can either confirm or deny for me. I'm just going to come right out and ask you, do you believe that your great-grandfather, Dwight D. Eisenhower, signed a treaty with extraterrestrials? It's a true story. What I have learned about Eisenhower's relationship to extraterrestrial beings and ET government treaties is that supposedly in 1954 there was a meeting at Edwards Air Force Base. Right. Uh, they seemed to have diplomatic intention. The treaties had to do with bartering exchanges of planetary goods, uh, natural resources, elements, and compounds. And it was in exchange for like things like abduction. Why would they want to abduct humans? What are they doing with that? What they need our DNA. We have a treasure of DNA that is basically a living library. Laura Eisenhower explains that aliens wish to analyze our DNA in their quest to unlock the secrets of the universe, which they believe is hidden in the DNA of all living creatures. It's interesting you say that because the abductees that I've talked to, that seems to be a very common theme. If you were in your grandfather's place, I mean, do you have a better understanding? Do you blame him for what he did? I am not here to protect anybody. I know that he just had no idea what he was dealing with at the time. Right. How could anybody truly process the larger picture of all this? What do you think the government loses by telling the American public and giving full disclosure about these treaties and the abductions? Why are they trying to sweep it under the rug and hide it? You're going to have your well-intentioned people that are trying to do their best for humanity that are aware of what's going on to a certain degree. And they are being heavily stopped from being able to 
put out disclosure. Plus, what they have to lose uh, is their life. Thank you so much. Thank you. Laura just gave me so much information. A lot of this is difficult to swallow, but if this information is true, the aliens have made treaties with the U.S. government, it's no doubt that the government does not want the people to know about it. You are listening to Strange Darkness Radio with Bobby and Tony from the Podbeam Network. All right. Let me give you guys a little bit of background on, um, well, on actually on the scenario that occurred with uh, Laura Eisenhower. Again, she's the great-granddaughter of the 34th president, Dwight Ike Eisenhower. Uh, she became uh, well-recognized in UFO community when she uh, came forward claiming that she had been recruited to travel to Mars in 2006 with a man named Agent X. She became involved in a relationship with Agent X, who she later learned was on a mission to enlist her to go to Mars. She says the U.S. government established a colony on Mars through black budget programs as a uh, survival mechanism in case of a catastrophic event that occurred on Earth, meaning a nuclear war or a meteor slamming into the planet. And uh, so we're going to go ahead and hear an interview that Laura did. My name is Laura Magdalene Eisenhower, and I'm the great-granddaughter of Dwight David Eisenhower. In 2006, something very interesting happened to my path. I ended up meeting somebody at a gathering that offered me a opportunity to go off planet. And at first, when I heard the term going to Mars or a Mars colony, I thought it was something way in the future, some great idea that was going to become more public. And I didn't really understand the roots of it or why I was even involved or even asked. So I thought it was something I could easily say no to and go on with my merry life. And, uh, and it wasn't quite that easy. I ended up moving to North Carolina and becoming a partner with this person, moving my kids. And as I got more integrated into this lifestyle with this person, this Mars recruitment kept coming up and it kept getting even more um, urgent and more extreme as far as how important this was that we would go. I got emails talking about the target date 2012, emails that were mentioning technologies like looking glass technologies, things called Orion's Cube, things that were just sort of blowing my mind like this is out of a movie or something. But as the target date was 2012, I recognized that this was something pretty um, well set up and for me to walk away from this wasn't going to be easy as I thought. I found out six months into the relationship that he was sent specifically to draw me into this recruitment while this whole time I just thought that I had run into a person that was involved in going to Mars and I had the option to go or not go. And when I found out that I was specifically targeted to go and that if I were to leave that I might be kidnapped or taken anyway, I knew that I was dealing with something very heavy and it wasn't feeling positive. Whether or not I was going to go, it didn't feel positive. Um, because initially I thought, well, this doesn't sound like a terrible thing to protect the human genome. I just know I have a mission on Earth. But finding out that this was a manipulation and it was set up to program the people involved to have them believe that they're helping humanity was where a lot of very well-intentioned people I was seeing getting caught up in an agenda that is not serving us as a humanity. Man, that's wild. So, um... You know, the strange thing about this whole situation is this, you know, 
they were saying that Ike uh, made a uh, treaty or some type of, um, you know, agreement with uh, supposed aliens about mm-hmm. giving up, you know, actual humans, you know, uh, to them for whatever, whether it's DNA study, whether it's um, plant food or whether it's, um, you know, slave uh, labor. Um, and the funny thing about it is, okay, Tony, if I were to ask you, how many people yeah. do you think go missing in the U.S. Um, annually? What would you say? What number would you would you give me? Jeez. That, the yearly, what number would you say of the amount of people that go missing? I say about... And we're strictly uh, talking about the U.S. of A. Yeah. Um, man, that's hard. 9,000? 9,000 people? You said 9,000? Yes. The annual, annually, right, as far as a number that fluctuates, it sticks around, averages around 600,000 people go missing yearly just from the U.S. alone. Wow. In in 1998, 980,712 people went missing. In 1996, wow. 9,548 uh, people uh, went missing. So it fluctuates. Um, right now, I believe it's at around uh, 543,000. And um, so the numbers fluctuate. But again, that amount of people and some, you know, in those That's numbers, you know, and in those numbers, some are obviously, you know, killed by family members, loved ones, friends. Uh, particular yeah. violent activities and all that. But those are people who are discovered and known about once they, you know, um, you know, figure out their identity. Um, but a large number of those people are never to be seen again. So who's to say that, um, you know, something isn't going on with the government? Yeah. And, uh, you know. Do you ever hear about like uh, a lot of homeless people being missing, too? No, not really, because, you know, unless you're the loved one of that that homeless person or a friend mm-hmm. or something like that, you probably would never know. Because I didn't I know there was a study they did on that about how many um, homeless people are found dead on the streets, you know, on a regular yeah. basis. I, I was blown away even at that because, you know, you see a lot of people not to devi- deviate or anything, but um, you see a lot of people you know, on the street sleeping or passed out due to drugs or whatever else. And you're like, man, should I call 911? Should I check and make sure that person's still breathing? You know, it was like, oh, but I got to get to work. You know, that's unfortunate. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so that doesn't, that do- wouldn't surprise me. It, but we don't have that many homeless people. It seems like a lot lately, no, but we, we don't. No, not like that. That's, that's crazy. I didn't think about it. And also, um, so they, so about the whole uh, President Eisenhower, uh, treating meeting he had with aliens. They also, I don't think you know this, but if yeah. you watch the show, they also um, had that story on American Horror Story season 10. Oh, okay. I, I think it was like a, I, can't, I didn't watch it, but I need to watch it because I kept seeing on TikTok um, of people posting out videos and stuff like that. Cause yeah, I do playing believe, like snippets of it. Yeah, I do believe Hollywood uh, puts things on TV as entertainment. 
Mm-hmm. But it's really, um, it's really trying to tell us the truth or tell us what's really going on and stuff. But they kind of put it as just, oh, it's just entertainment type of shit. So don't take this seriously. But uh, I've always thought that when when it comes to like you know UFOs or anything they put out there, they put it in your face on purpose so you can get used to it, you know. And uh, but yeah, this was on uh, American Horror Story season ten. Uh, they they pretty much got into the whole treaty about how you know aliens can take X amount of people uh, per year um, for experiments and shit like that and um, and for and for uh, for for them to hide it to not really you know come out and say hey alien we're you know we're aliens are taking people away so they can help out with uh techno tech te- was it technology yeah. vax minister mm-hmm. so um. That's the crazy part that they put this on the show. I mean, they can get it from, you know, from interviews and shit of 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 the whole Eisenhower stuff. But I always believe Hollywood put things in front of the TV, just you know, just to throw in your face, kind of. Yeah, exactly. They're they're actually you know in these uh, secret societies that have this information, so they go ahead and write the screenplay, change it up a little bit. Uh, you know, change of names here and there, and uh, the the scenario, and then go ahead and uh, you know, put the story on uh, you know, on uh, film. So yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, well, uh, let's get into our next story, and that is going to be about Admiral Byrd. Let's get into that. Good evening. This is Frank Knight. May I introduce our co-editors for this edition of the Longine Chronoscope? Larry Lasser, CBS News correspondent and Kenneth Crawford, National Affairs Editor of Newsweek magazine. Our very distinguished guest for this evening is Admiral Richard E. Byrd. The North Pole used to be a no-man's land, but uh, these are the days when, by buying a ticket on a commercial airliner, you can fly across the North Pole and drink a cocktail at the same time. Yet only three score or more years ago, about 35 years ago, our guest tonight found out whether there was any land north of the North American continent. He made that first discovery flight, and I must say that Admiral Byrd, our guest tonight, is not only our greatest living explorer, but he's been an inspiration to countless Americans. Admiral Byrd, you've been to both the North Pole and the South Pole. Is there any unexplored land left on this earth that might appeal to adventurous young Americans? Uh, Yes, there is. And not up around the North Pole, because it's getting crowded up there now, because they find out it's really usable, not only to live in, but militarily. But strangely enough, there's left in the world today an area as big as the United States that's never been seen by a human being. And that's beyond the pole on the other side of the South Pole from Middle America. And it's, uh, I think it's quite astonishing. So, yeah, that is uh, very interesting how basically he found a part of the uh, area in the Antarctic that was as big as the United States. And um, some say it was, you know, basically tropical. It wasn't even, uh, you know, it wasn't cold and, you know, it wasn't frozen over and all this stuff or whatever. So uh, let's get into uh, part two and then we'll talk about it. August 1946. Esteemed U.S. Naval officer and explorer, Admiral Richard Byrd, one of the first pilots to fly over both the North and South Poles, organizes Operation High Jump. 
the largest expedition ever to travel to Antarctica. With 13 ships, 23 aircraft, and over 4,700 military personnel. This was very important that after the conclusion of World War II, Admiral Byrd was asked if he would mount a large armada and go for four months. It was supposed to be that they would go in December, January, February, and March, and there was a list of military goals that they were to achieve. But by the end of February, something happened. One of the mission's official goals was investigating sites for potential military bases in Antarctica. But during his explorations, Admiral Byrd allegedly came upon something highly unexpected. This story is said to come from his diaries, not his published account of the trip, but something he held back and then later was suppressed by government authorities that found it frightening. In his diary, which was discovered by his son after his death, Admiral Byrd tells an extraordinary story. Admiral Byrd heard there was an entrance to the center of the Earth through the South Pole. And he took planes into the South, under the South Pole. And when he did that, he discovered that as he flew over the pole, suddenly he's looking at things that shouldn't be there. I mean, it was temperate. He and his squadron flew under the Earth, into the Earth. It turns into this lush and green area and he can't even believe his eyes. But that's just the beginning of his extraordinary story. He tells how all of a sudden he starts to see a shimmering rainbow city that's made of crystal. His airplane is taken control of when he suddenly sees these flying disc-shaped objects around them that lead him to the ground. Whereupon he's escorted into a cavernous type of an area where he meets a being he refers to as the master in his diary. The master tells him that they're highly disappointed in what humans are doing with nuclear weapons and how they've recently destroyed Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And they really are concerned about what is going on on the surface of the planet. They tell Admiral Byrd that they hope that humanity will ultimately stop this. For UFO researchers, this account from Admiral Byrd's diary is particularly significant due to the fact that the modern UFO era began right after World War II and the detonation of the first atomic bombs. It has also been noted that a high number of UFO sightings have been reported in the vicinity of nuclear missile silos. Admiral Byrd's story is congruent with the stories that we hear from numerous uh, accounts of angelic or extraterrestrial type beings that are very concerned about what humanity is doing with nuclear weapons. Just ask the Air Force officers at the U.S. missile silos, the nuclear missile silos, that have seen their silos and their nuclear arms disarmed by what are perceived to be extraterrestrial beings. They're very concerned that we are ultimately not just going to destroy ourselves, but could harm our planet, which is their world as well. If Admiral Byrd's secret diary is authentic, does it reveal 
not only that there are highly advanced beings living inside the Earth, but also that they are monitoring what happens on the surface. According to the diary, after this incredible encounter, Admiral Byrd was eager to share his story, but was ordered to remain silent. Byrd comes back after this experience. He is taken to a government compound where he is told that he is never to speak of this publicly and that everything he says is, is classified. Could Admiral Byrd's story point to a profound connection between the ancient traditions of strange beings living inside the Earth and the modern-day UFO phenomenon? Ancient astronaut theorists say yes and believe we may be fast approaching the time when we will find ourselves face-to-face -face with the beings of inner Earth. You're listening to Strange Darkness Radio, coming to you worldwide, broadcasting to all corners of the planet. Man, that's a wild story. And I want to thank uh, Ancient Aliens for putting that all together. And again, I play audio clips like that for one, to give you guys the actual information, uh, you know, hopefully from the actual person's, you know, mouth as far as like, uh, you know, who's telling whatever particular story, but also just from all the experts that uh, different shows put on. And then we can talk about it and discuss it. Um, but yeah, that is uh, some wild information. But hopefully, and again, go listen to Ancient Aliens because, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there who don't watch the show. And, yeah. uh, you know, you guys definitely need to check it out. It's on the History Channel. It's very that's informative. Cool yeah, whether or not you believe it, that's the thing or whatever. But, you know, um, it's up to you. But as far as uh, Admiral Bird, uh, you want to get into that, Tony? Admiral Bird. Um He's he's one he's one of the most decorated naval officers, you know, uh, still to this day. Um, yeah, he has uh, you know the Medal of Honor, which is one of the highest, you know, medals you can get. He has a Navy Cross, Distinguished uh, Service uh, Navy uh, Ribbon uh, Medal, the Flying Cross. He has he he is a highly decorated um, uh, officer, um, and he was basically. And, you know, an explorer for the Navy, you know, that's what, that's what he did. Mm -hmm. um, and um, the whole thing about it is, you know, with project, uh, I believe it was project uh, high jump. He was, yeah. he was going with a armada, <laughs> a armada of um, ships and crews uh, to, uh, to basically some say that, it, you know, it was, you know, to go after, you know, to see if any Nazi bases were in Antarctica, because supposedly there was, you know, some that were, you know, supposedly there, and they didn't think the U.S. government would try to um, go that far, and uh, you know, uh, after them. So, you know, some yeah. say that's the reason for everything. But here's the thing: so he goes there, he finds, you know, supposedly uh, this um, place that's the size of uh, California that. That's vast open area, you know, some say an opening to a crystal city, you know, I'm not sure if I believe the whole thing about his journal. Um, but here's the intriguing thing. Why is it that to this day, no one can go to Antarctica um, based upon the treaty that was put into place uh, by 12 countries in 1959? So we can't get 
uh, um, the, you know, the world to agree on uh, fossil fuel, which fossil fuels to use or not to use, go electric, n- uh, not go electric, go wind, turbine, you know, all these different things we can't get yeah. them to agree on. But yet they can agree that nobody's allowed to go to Antarctica, um, you know, ever since 1959. You can't fly over it. You can't step on it. You can't um, you, you can't even pull it up to a certain degree in uh, Google Maps. Um, that's how crazy it is. That's and, a strange part about it. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's so hidden from everybody else. Exactly, exactly. So again, these are just strange things that are, you know, odd and, you know, I'm not sure if everybody's aware of and why these things are in place. That You know, they say, oh, we did this whatever for science research, you know, from all different countries or whatever to agree not to pollute this particular area or no one can colonize or, you know, live if you can, you know, again, this is supposedly sub-zero temperatures. So why would that be a thing? <laughs> you know, like, oh, you know, let, let, let's put up a house uh, in Antarctica. Um, I, yeah, I don't think that's happening anytime you know soon. Re- you know what it reminds me of? The whole, pretty much, if, uh, okay, so the whole Antarctica, the outside of Antarctica, for somebody looking in, is yeah. ice, right? Yes. And then they say when you get past the ice wall, it's more tropical and shit like that. You know what that shit reminds me of? It reminds me of Wakanda. Because, mm. you know, in the movie, yeah. it's it's just Africa, just, you know, nothing pretty much, just yeah. mountains. But then when you go past the mountains, it's more of a, you know, upper environment. It's, you know, everything is more technically advanced and shit like that. So that's what it reminds me. Yeah, that's, of, that's, uh, that's interesting. Of Antarctica. Because I was, was watching Black Panther yesterday. And when they when they went through the mountains to go to Wakanda, I was like, damn, that kind of reminds me of how how people are saying Antarctica is actually tropical. You know, yeah. it's really it's you know, it's pretty much not ice or it's not uh frozen as what they're saying now. Mm-hmm. Um also, you know, um there's pictures of like massive pyramids and shit from like people like because you can you can't fly over, but I don't know how they got the pictures. There's there's pictures of people. Of, there's people because you can go to uh, Antarctica. Yeah, but you have to be. Um, I believe you have to have somebody with you. You can't go everywhere. No. Well, no. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's just the way it it's it's set up or whatever. Because um, you know, it, it's like um, here, here. Let me see. Uh, stipulates that Antarctica should be used exclusively for peaceful purposes, military mm-hmm. activities. Uh, such as establishing a military base or weapons testing or specifically are specifically prohibited. So um, let me see. Uh, guarantee continued freedom to uh, conduct, conduct uh, scientific research. Uh, t- 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 um, let me see. Uh, set aside potential. Uh, sorry, uh, prohibits nuclear explosions, obviously. Um, provides uh, uh, inspection. Okay, so um, any party of ships, uh, stations, equipment, um, Antarctica should observe of the compliance with the treaty. It's saying um, scientific groups can go in. Um, yeah, if group. they sign, if the if all nations agree to particular um, to that particular group that goes in, which they'll okay. probably have to. Uh, you know, theoretically, I would say, you know, it's kind of like uh, the space station to where you have a person mm-hmm. from China, you have a person from Soviet Union, you have a person from this country, that country, and then you go in together, whatever, do whatever research. Again, if it's above board, that's yeah. that's the whole thing. So, so I yeah. also did some research about soldiers talking to Linda Moulton Howe. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. She was an American investi- uh, investigator uh, journalist, and, you know, they kept, they went up to her and also told her, 
from being over there that, you know, um, uh, that um, the pyramids is pretty much still giving out exotic uh, energy. Hmm. Uh, so whatever that means, um, which is crazy, you know, and um, I I did find this out, too, that Buzz, Ar- Buzz Aldrin, Buzz Aldrin, Buzz Aldrin. The, one of the one was that one of the first guys that went onto the moon or something. Uh, like yeah, he's in he's in our outro. That's yeah. Buzz. So he, he he went somewhere around Antarctica. I'm I'm not sure the location. Um, and I guess what he saw or what he discovered was was so haunting to him that he actually went on Twitter and tweeted that we are all in danger. It it is evil itself. So whatever the hell that means. Um, and he tweeted. He tweeted that. Yeah. People took uh, screenshots of it, and then they deleted it. Uh, I'm not like, sure if that was that later. particular thing. I don't think it was about Antarctica. I think that was just about they were asking him questions about you know his time in space and you know did he does he believe in aliens or whatever. And then he came with that like cryptic cryptid um, uh, a- answer. And uh, then his handlers were saying it was due to his age and he wasn't feeling well. And uh, that's why he made, you know, that statement, you know, so he misspoke um, is 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 the reason, you know, they gave for that particular uh, scenario. Um, Yeah. I'm just glad you didn't say Buzz uh, Lightyear because I was like, okay, (laughs) uh, Tony's no longer on the show. (laughs) And also one more thing, too. I did come across a theory that's going around suggesting that instead of Antarctica being a giant ice continent, Mm -hmm. um, at the bottom of the earth, it's really a ice wall that circles all the continents. So like back in 1892, um, and uh, it was a new map, like a new standard map that came out uh, yeah. called the Gleason map. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it depicts our An- Antarctica going around the continents, you know, like how the theory is going around saying. Um, and also the United, United Nation logo is very similar to the uh, Gleason map. Um, as well. Yeah, so that's that another interesting thing. Yeah, that is um, a part of uh, the flat earthers actually um, yeah. about their beliefs um, when it comes to the ferment and all that, and how you know that's a whole that's a whole another thing. Which I, I definitely want to get into that. I don't know if there's any more besides Kyrie. I don't know if there's any more flat earthers. I think they've all been debunked as you know much. You know, we've been going into space lately. Um, so you know, especially Elon, he's you know. So so yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think they kind of uh, you know I've, I've came Elon over to the other side. I think Elon doing his own little space uh, station thing or having people you can you can buy you can buy uh, tickets to go to space in one of his space stations. Or, I mean space uh, ships or some shit. Oh yeah, or you can just um, you know his, his spaceship is going to be uh, Twitter. You know because right now like if you have the the check mark you have to have to pay for it. So we'll see how many people jump ship with that, you know, um, but uh, let's, you know, Tony, let's get into uh, your story. You want to tell a little bit about it or you want to let it explain itself, which I believe it does. Are you there? So my, <laughs> what happened? Can you hear me? My, my mic is on. Yeah. Okay. You know, I didn't hear you the first part. Go ahead. Okay. Well, it's a chopped up story. Um, my mom told me a couple of times I was talking to her the other day. She tell me the story, but she does want to come on the show, okay? Or you know, send in a message or a voicemail, whatever, and explain in depth of what happened or what occurred. Because I'm only getting bits and parts of the story, which is you know, 
it's pretty much the story, but there's a lot that's in between it and behind the scenes. Yes. So um, that, yeah, that story is pretty crazy. So I, I, I do have to get her on uh, so she can tell exactly like in depth of what happened. Okay. We're going to roll with uh, one of Tony's uh, stories. Here we go. So back in Victoria County, was li- my mom and my dad was living in this apartment. And um, opposingly, it was really haunted. And I was a baby at the time, maybe like a couple more months older than what my son is now. Um, um, my mom used to say that they used to hear, hear pig noises and things used to move around. Um, so one day when we was in the shower, or she was bathing me, actually, uh, my dad had went somewhere. I think he went to his brother's house or something. But, um, but it was just me and my mom, and she was bathing me. And so uh, she ends up hearing the door open, and some, like footsteps. And so she was calling out my na- my my dad's name, you know, Pete. Are, are you home, Pete? 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 And um, there was no response. And so she, you know, went back to bathing me, and then she started hearing more things. So she kept calling his name out. Um, no response again. And then she went back to bathing me. And the third time she uh, was back to resuming a, a bathing me, she heard pig noises. And from that point on, she grabbed me out of the um, out of the bath and dried me up real quick. And then we we went we went to I think my my grandma's house, my dad's mom's house, and. Um, I don't know how how shortly after or when after, but they ended up moving. Uh, also, it was it was one another story is that my grandma went to come watch me uh, babysit while my parents went somewhere, and she was also hearing pig noises and also uh, noises in the house like footsteps and stuff. That house was pretty haunted. Listening to Strange Darkness Radio, coming to you worldwide, broadcasting to all corners of the planet. Nice, man. That's 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 crazy. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Man. Pig yeah, noises. So huh? more in, yeah, she's gonna get more into that. Also, you know, just a little quick story. I think is I think that happened. Something. Well, what my dad had told me. I think this happened at the house as well. Uh, so he told me this for like a few years ago and he was like, so, cause I told him about how, cause they're separated by the way. And, um, I told him about what she told me about that story. And then he was like, you know what? He's like, look, when we used to live there, um, I used to be sitting on the couch and on my side view, I will always see somebody looking at me, um, from the corner. And he was like, you can really see like their hands um, over the edge of the corner and like pulling themselves over just to see you. But every time you look, they won't, they wouldn't be there oh, or wow. that figure wouldn't be there. He said that was the creepiest shit. And Heck not yeah. only did they, yeah, not only did they feel that, did they um, see that people who also came over to visit was seeing the same shit. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but he tells it, the way he tells it too is 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 pretty scary because yeah. it scared me. So did uh, anyone get up and look behind the couch? Yeah, he used. Yeah, he would do that. He would get up and look and stuff, especially in the beginning. And at the time, I think it was stairs. It was an apartment with uh, sec- um, second row uh, floor. Yeah, and 
and he and you would walk past the stair the staircase and you would see somebody at the front. I mean, at, at the top of it. But every time you look, you can never catch it. That's how fast it was. Because I obviously didn't want to be seen. But um, you was never able to really get a good glimpse because you was only able to see it throughout your side view. Wow, that's that's wild. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we we gotta like I said, you know, get him on and uh, or at least get his audio and uh, talk about it. And uh, it's so funny putting that together uh, for you that <laughs> it took me to forever to find uh, pig sounds <laughs> out of all the <laughs> Which things. Which is crazy because I think pig, it's like I believe pig represents like demonic presence and shit like that. Just like how uh, if it's really bad, you can smell what is that? That sulfur smell. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I believe mean, that's the case. I gotta look it up, but I believe hearing pig noises is really not a good thing to hear. I think I've heard something like that before. Um, but yeah, but it was funny because in my I have a, a you know a bazillion sound effects, and I didn't have any pig sound effects. I had to <laughs> find those, but that was funny. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, let's uh, go ahead and get into uh, Michael Potts's story. You know, on his um, journey. To hell. Uh, 2018, mm-hmm. I had uh, gone into full respiratory failure. Oh, wow. And by doing so, I ended up flatlining, uh, going out twice. Once in the emergency room, and then uh, once, uh, I believe it was three days later, inside of uh, the ICU unit. Sorry to hear that. Unfortunate. So, I'm alive to tell you about it, so. Yeah. Hey, I'm going for round three. Not everybody can say that. Yeah, that's true. I, <laughs> I got a little sense of humor with it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but to keep on track uh, uh, about uh, about what reasons I talked about and what you're calling, there's uh, a lot of people may not believe there's another side, or a lot of people may believe, uh, or did you see the white light at the end of the tunnel, or did you see a loved one, or something like that. Yeah. And I didn't see anything like that, but what I did see uh, was horror. Mm. I saw, as the Bible states uh, in Revelations about, and uh, different places uh, where uh, eternity, and you can't really put things into words on eternity. It just, forever without end doesn't really explained it doesn't give people the grasp mm-hmm. of what permanent is yeah and there was a uh, when I when I went out uh, when I had went into uh, when I basically flatlined uh, they had an unofficial time for me but they kept fighting to medically to bring me back and, and everything else mm-hmm. there was uh, a time when I kept going around in this vicious circle, and I'd seen people from teenage years all the way up through elderly, uh, every walk of life you could imagine, uh, fat, skinny, ugly, pretty, handsome, professional, you know, short hair, long hair, dirty, you know, suit and, and tie, every walk of life you could imagine. And these every were just random, random people, correct? Yeah, just random people. Basically, the dead, you might say. Okay. And, and you could see the horror, you could see the fear, you could see the never ending. And knowing that I was walking, I was looking at the face of hell, looking at the horror of destruction, and looking at the horror of death. 
and the horror of of things. I, I, there was something I saw that I took as a message, which was a large pile of dead babies. Hmm. And it was inside of a building that was completely, uh, uh, you might describe it as uh, bombed out, like a World War II building that was bombed out. Yeah. And uh, the message I got from that is that innocence is, will be slaughtered. Wow. And what do we live in today? What happened after uh, COVID? All, it's like society took a turn. Yeah. It's like they they no longer, they think less for themselves. Mm-hmm. And just the, the horror, I, I was uh, at one point, um, I was in like a like a van, but it wasn't a van. It was like a station wagon, but a cross between a station wagon and a van. Mm-hmm. And I could see out the window, and I could see the back of a brick building. And I knew if I went in that building, it was all over. But I couldn't move. It's like everything was within your mind, and uh, and it's it's like you see one one aspect and then it's gone it's like every little thing was like a message within itself that you don't fully get it's like you learn little by little it's like you start to understand it wow and there, there was one point where uh absence of uh the scripture talks about the absence of light well if you have the absence of light, it's dark. But can you imagine even having the absence of darkness? It's the absence of everything. But yeah. your mind, but you're you're still fully alert. And it's like I was in this cube. And I couldn't get out of it. And I knew I was going straight to hell after experiencing a lot yeah. of things. And, there, and I don't know. I just started begging uh, I was begging, please God, don't let me be the one to knock on your door and you don't know me. Yeah. And the second time I started to beg that, I woke up. I couldn't move, but my eyes opened up mm-hmm. in the room, in the hospital room. And I have no doubt in my mind that I was shown uh, the other side. I was shown the horror of uh, of what can be. Wow, that sounds incredible. So let me ask you, before um, this incident occurred, what was your uh, faith? I wouldn't say I was strong in anything. Knowledgeable? Okay. But, uh, but actually, uh, strong in the faith. I was raised Lutheran, um, Due to a failed marriage, I started looking for answers. I ended up talking to a Catholic priest who actually brought me back into the church. But I wouldn't i wouldn't say I was strong. Yeah. But I, I was attending. Mm-hmm. I was attending. It's like I was... I, it's like something was holding you back or you weren't fully there. Yeah. You were just... You were physically there, but you weren't at heart, you might say. Yeah, that is, that is so interesting. I mean, um, did you change things, you know, being that, you know, this occurred and you, you were shown this? 
um, do you consider yourself a different person now or is it something that, uh, you know, obviously you believe this occurred and to you, this was your reality, correct? To me, yes. Uh, what else you might uh, want to keep in, even in mind is even though I was raised in the church, the Lutheran church, and at one point I wanted to go into the ministry, mm-hmm. I also had a very deep falling out with church. And I ended up uh, looking for answers and I ended up uh, going into the arts and I delved into a lot of the black arts and a lot of uh, people use the term witchcraft very loosely, but it's uh, there's so much more detail and specifics uh, to understand it than, than just the term. And I practiced that as a high priest. I was in a number of covens. I was uh, uh, I put, uh, took high priest position many of times. I took assistant many a times, and I was very well rounded. Uh, uh, in the arts. Wow. So and you, there's no I would ever go back. Yeah. No so so you, no- you've experienced all the facets of religion from the dark side to the light side, you know, if I'm, if I'm correct. Yeah. Yeah. You, you could put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So in coming out of this and knowing that, how has that changed, um, you know, your thoughts and your, um, beliefs, you know, in religion? Well, it makes me look at religion in general uh, as a knot, because religion isn't is only going to be a basic rundown yeah. of what of what one's beliefs uh, might be, or it's a structure. No matter how structured you want to make it. Ultimately, it's going to be, uh, at the end of the day, it's ultimately going to be, do you have your faith? Do you believe that Christ was your Savior or not? And that is what it's ultimately going to come down to. And it doesn't matter if you're Catholic, if you do good works, if you're Baptist or Presbyterian. When you're standing in judgment, they're not, the Lord's not going to ask you, were you, were you a Presbyterian? good boy or were you you know you donated a hundred thousand dollars to the church for the uh for the children's fund that was very uh, there's your you know credit to heaven it don't work that way yeah you can have the darkest people donate for tax for tax purposes to keep them out of a higher tax bracket and to write it off yeah exactly that's very true it's it's not about what you give or do your actions of doing and your actions of giving is due to faith. It's not uh, acts, uh, good works uh, towards salvation. It's your faith that brings you to that. And your your works is because of your faith. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. So um, to understand, you know, you seeing the, you know, other side or hell itself, um, how long were you um, were you out for? Were you um, you know declared dead? Um, you know, uh, time wise, did it you know from a medical standpoint? I don't. 
<laughs> I don't have, I don't know the exact time. Okay. But I, I've been led to believe it was just under or right at three minutes. Okay. And the only reason why I was asking is because my follow-up question was going to be, um, how long did it feel you were in this particular state, you know, or, you know, place? Um, did it feel like eternity? Did it feel like, you know, something, you know, could you put a time to it? I couldn't even put a time. I, it was just there. It just was. Wow. I couldn't tell you it was a day. I couldn't tell you it was an evening. I couldn't I couldn't break time out. I couldn't tell you it was one minute or or a whole lifetime. Yeah, because... It, it just was. Yeah, time I probably didn't and, exist. And, yeah, I have no idea whether that happened when the first time I went out and they medically was able to, you know, keep me going. Mm-hmm. And then I just out the second time and I was like that the whole time. Or if I was only like that the second time when when I went out yeah. and it was only a matter of say at those minutes. Yeah. I don't know. I okay. can't I or until I woke up that early morning, I don't know. I I have no way of being able to put that because time there was no essence of time. Yeah. It just what just was. Man, that's a, that's an incredible story. And uh you know um, thankfully you lived, you know, through the situation to come back to even let people know. So, I mean, I know that has to weigh on your heart as far as what you saw. And, uh, you know, to, do you tell that story to people just to, um, you know, try to get some change on this earth? I try. Yeah. Not everybody wants to hear it. And I, I get that. Not everybody is going to want to hear it. Yeah. Because they say, uh, that's just, that's your beliefs. Uh, we all, uh, my mother uses the term, we all worship the same God. Well, if that's the case, then uh, I pray for your soul because not everybody is going to be led uh, to, uh, you know, to uh, everlasting peace. Yeah, because you do hear uh, the stories of, I saw an angel, I saw my family, you know, it was a warm place. So, you know, with, you know, near-death experiences. So you have that dichotomy of the, the, the two. Um now, um, going back, you know, because I got to go into this because people will definitely it's like you didn't go into uh, we heard witchcraft. Um, so um, was that the um, Aleister Crawley type, you know, thing that you were, you know, getting into at the time, you know, looking for that power? Or was it what was your your what led you down that road? I originally went down the road looking for answers. I wanted to know why. And why and reasoning was a lot of, of what I wanted. I wanted answers. Mm-hmm. And without answers, the church and the people in the church wouldn't answer them for me. They just said, well, stay away from it. Well, why? Well, it's evil. Why? Well, it just is. Okay. Why? You're not giving me, you're not answering me. Your answers are evasive. They don't want to spend five minutes or 15 minutes with me when I was younger. Yeah. So I started looking for my own answers. There's always a little bit of a power that you want to gain, but ultimately the power that you think you have, you truly don't have. It's only something that's been granted to you uh, uh, for your mind. So you think you have control. You think you got something. You know, you, you do little spells and 
Uh, people say, oh, it's, it's fake, it's fictitious, it's child's play, until things start to work, until things start to come together in your life. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that uh, you're going to be a millionaire. That doesn't mean you're going to get the best paying job out there. That doesn't mean, you know, you're going to get the, the biggest home, the most expensive home out there. Everything is all, it's like everything is right, right there, but you can't have it. Yeah. Yeah, some, some say need, that's deliberate. Uh, <laughs> it's to chase. Yeah, you need, you need like a, a thousand, say, $50 for a set of tires, but you can get a thousand bucks. You're like right on the edge. You're yeah. right there. You just, you just can't get it. You just can't touch it. Yeah, that's, that, uh, that's. Part of the mystery of it, mm-hmm. wanting to know, uh, taboo of it. You're not supposed to be in it. You're not supposed to do it. Uh, I guess it was a, a, a mixture or a combination of everything. Yeah. Not one thing particular that would draw. Uh, some people, some people are afraid of it. Some people are uh, scared to even go around it, and that's a good thing. Because if you knew some of the things, understood some of the things that's in it, and what you what you're asking for and what you're asking from you don't you don't want to be getting involved in it it's it's where it's dark yeah, you I don't want to playing with something you have you really have no control over. yeah and the people i know who delve into it, it it came at a high cost for some so um definitely definitely okay, but I'll, I'll leave i'll leave this one with you honest when you do the works of witchcraft or the works of the arts, it is not a question as to whether or not there is a price to be paid. The question is, are you willing to pay the price? Have you ever witnessed something you couldn't explain or felt you couldn't tell anyone about? Now is the time to tell your story on Strange Darkness Radio Hotline, 916-741-3032. Man, that was a deep conversation. I want to thank uh, Mr. Potts for coming on the uh, show and sharing his story. Um, And thanks for being so open and honest uh, with uh, what occurred and what happened uh, you know, to himself. And, um, you know, you will hear uh, more uh, from Mr. Potts because like I said earlier, uh, Tony wasn't available uh, for, you know, when I did that interview. Um, But as you can hear from that man, he has a lot to say and uh, he goes, he goes deep, man. The actual conversation that we had was probably over an hour. And um, I just wanted you involved in the conversation uh, just to, you know, go uh, over everything and the questions that you may have for him because he's seen and done a lot. Yeah, I do have some questions, man, because that's an interesting story. Um, yeah, that's wild. I do watch videos on YouTube of people um, saying their testimony of when they visit hell. And everybody's story is different, but mm-hmm. a lot of uh, everybody's story is different, but it's very similar. Mm. Also, so you know, it kind of makes me think like, is it is it really real? You know, 
at this point in my life, I don't, I don't, don't know if it is real. I grew up knowing that. Hey, um, after talking you know, to it. him, dude, he he will. <laughs> You 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 won't you won't um you won't think that anymore. Let's put it that way. Oh, because yeah, um, exactly. You know, I think that's just an upcoming thing that's probably hit my mind throughout the few years. Um, you know, because my grandparents were, were Christian, so I kind of was raised with the heaven and hell uh, stuff. But uh, like I said, throughout the years, I, I did change my views on a few things. But it's it's crazy how like I said everyone's story is different but it's super similar so it's like in the back of my head like this this could be actually real you know but we're I'm just not thinking it is you know I, I don't know well it's always like I was uh, talking to um, you know Mr Potts about is your reality of what you see feel smell taste and experience and um, no one can tell you any different and uh, so that's you know, when people have those type of experiences, that w- that's what occurs. You know, whether you hear voices or whether, you know, these these are the questions that we're seeking out and uh, we're asking, you know, people to come on the show and talk about. So, um, so yeah, so whatever their reality is, you know, we just want to uh, hear about it and uh, see if someone, like you said, already had those same type of experiences. Yeah, and if yeah. they've had, that means something. That means something. Yeah, I think so too. You know, I just look, just like more. I was uh, when I was talking to him, and he's explaining his journey into hell. And he says, as he was in this cube and it was spinning and turning, he was seeing all these faces. Mm-hmm. I told him, I said, imagine if someone else came on the show who was looking at you in that cube and could tell that exact story, but from their perspective. Imagine that. Yeah. So that's what I'm. That's what we're gonna leave you guys with tonight. And uh, hey, it's been another great episode of yeah, uh, Strange Darkness Radio. All right, we're out. I am Buzz Aldrin. And I was the lunar module pilot on Apollo 11. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the Earth. No single space project in this period will be more impressive to mankind or more important for the long-range exploration of space, and none will be so difficult or expensive to accomplish. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. The truth is that we've never proved one, but there are things flying around up there that we haven't fully identified yet. And keep in mind, there are basically a billion galaxies in an ever-expanding universe. I mean, you can't even get your mind around the sheer number of things that are out there. 
people still take seriously trying to investigate and figure out what that is. There are, uh, there's footage and records of objects in the skies that we don't know exactly what they are. We can't explain uh, how they moved, their trajectory. Uh, they, they did not have um, an easily explainable pattern. When it, when it comes to aliens, uh, there's some things I just can't tell you.